Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We call ourselves this because we're a podcast that talks about first issues every week. I think we've picked the perfect idea for a podcast. We nailed it. I know it's a hot take. And, One, and nerds is cool now. Nerds is cool. Official First Issue Club t-shirt, nerds is cool. Mm-hmm. Number two, in the three to four years that we've been, we've been doing this, one week, no first issues came out. <laughs> so we always have material to jab about. Isn't that bonkers? It's pretty crazy. Okay, you are... Greg. I am... Mike D. America. America. That's from Five O, right? Nope. That's from West Side Story. I almost did a spit take <laughs> of my delicious Space Camper beer, the most precious beer in the universe, coming to you straight from Boulevard Brewing Company, our favorite brewery, mm. not only because we're the official podcast of Space Camper IPA. No, no, no. But because it just tastes great. It's delicious. We'd be drinking it anyway. It's so good. And folks, it's official. We are post-Turkey Day 2021. Yeah. That means gift season is here and staring us right in the face. Nigh upon us. No better gift than a Sixer? A Sixer of Space Camper <laughs> IPA from Boulevard Brewing Company. Yeah. It makes any holiday party a certified banger. You go to a white elephant thing. Mm-hmm. You bring a Sixer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be like, you brought the best thing. Oh, for sure. Right? You'll be heralded as king of the white elephant. Totally. Party. I do have a suggestion, though. If you get. The six or a space camper. It, mm. While you have it before it gets stolen, technically still your gift. Just start drinking. You it. could drink them. <laughs> start drinking them. Uh-huh. Lick them all. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you leave with those space camper IPAs. Lick those lids. No one else is going to want to take it. Or it's so good that they can just look right past it. Maybe. And they'll go, I'll, that's fine. I've got plenty of hand sanitizer. I want that space camper IPA. It's just, that delicious. <laughs> just dunk it in there. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Any comic book news? Yeah. Um, I finally watched Shang-Chi. Okay, great. Loved it. Great movie. Um, on our Patreon, you did a rundown of your top 30, or like your new listing of the MCU universe. With Eternals and Shang-Chi integrated into this new list. Correct. Right? And Shang-Chi made your number 13. Yeah. Um, I would place that just about there. Would you? Okay, It great. was really, really good. Yeah. My only qualm was the ending... Way too CGI heavy. Oh, sure. It kind of took away a From, little like, bit of cool it. cool martial arts moves could right. have been in there more. Right. Uh, you haven't seen Eternals yet. I have not seen Eternals yet. Okay. I'm interested to see where you put it above or below. I think I ranked that 2015 yeah. range. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I have the TV shows in that list, too. You do. It's a really great list. So but you um, got to be a Patreon member to hear it. And once again, gift season's right around the corner, and no better gift for your nerd in your life than a subscription to our Patreon. I tell you what, I'm going to reevaluate the list once Hawkeye is finished. Have you watched it yet? Yes. You want to talk about it? Maybe let's save some Hawkeye conversation for the Patreon. Okay, we're going to secretly give a thumbs up, thumbs down right now in front of each other. Okay. Find out what we thought about on the Patreon. Ooh. Okay. Spicy. Any other good comic book stuff before we get into our books? Mark Brooks just actually announced that he signed an exclusive deal with Marvel to be like cover A artist for a new book that he can't announce. Ooh. So that's exciting. Okay. Because Mark Brooks is a fucking animal. Yeah. And just draws these amazing pieces. Totally. 
I don't think this is out of the realm of sanity for me to say, but I think Mark Brooks may be an upcoming Alex, Alex Ross, Ross for right. Marvel. Sure. You know, Alex Ross can't be doing this forever. And they're like, yeah, let's get Mark Brooks in the wings here. Okay, last time I saw a picture of Alex Ross, he's looking spry. Yeah, he's not old he's not by old, any means. Which is crazy because you think about just how long he's been around uh-huh. and the breadth of work he's created. Right. I expect him to look like a decrepit old man by now. And he's <laughs> yeah. in his like 50s maybe, like early yeah. 50s. Maybe. Um, but man, he's going to be at it for a while still. He's the king of covers yeah. in my opinion. Do you share the same opinion? He, I don't want to put you on, on the spot. Hold on, hold on. You're saying that Alex Ross is your favorite cover artist. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm what I can. I think agree to whatever. I'm okay. I'm saying he's my favorite cover artist. I'm also saying he's the greatest cover artist of all time. He's the goat of comic book covers. Um, yes, that's an agreeable statement. For okay, me. yeah, it's at least. Not an insane thing to say to another comic book fan. No, and and <laughs> it's based off consistency, product of work, and the amount of covers he's done. Right. Like, over all publishers. Yeah. So, uh, if anyone else has a problem with that, they can get fucked. Because, <laughs> like, you're spitting facts. You're gonna... I'm, I'm trying to think about, like, other people who might even, like, step into that realm. Obviously, like... I mean, Kirby. Kirby did so many... Impressive covers, right? He's the king. But here's the thing: we're we're now in a phase or period of comics wherein you've got choices. Mm-hmm. And Jack Kirby did comics when there weren't <laughs> choices. When it was Jack Kirby and someone else. I think it's unfair to put like Eisner and Kirby and some of these like just classic artists right. in with new people in this conversation. So, like, yeah, duh. Steve Ditko's done some, like, fucking banger-ass covers that would, like, are just hot classics that still slay to this day. Right. Um, I I don't know if I'd necessarily count them in this conversation just because covers mean a different thing in this era. The ratio didn't exist Yeah. in, in the old heads era. Right. And Alex Ross has to compete with newer artists, changing tastes. And yeah, right. And am, ratios. Am I like, so we're starting to see more people who it's like their gig is doing covers. I mean, Peach Momoko has done five or so one shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's about <laughs> but, it. But is like one of the most well known uh, comic book artists there is mm-hmm. solely based on having done covers right. for comics, right. mostly variants, not even A covers. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing um, to to have reached that echelon, I guess, with fans so heartily across the United States so quickly. Not right. just not just the U.S., but has she created near the breadth of work to rival someone like an Alex Ross? Mm-hmm. Not not yet. No, and if you're let me let me say too. Yeah, go ahead. If you're a porn person and you like hot hot covers, mm-hmm. then there are other cover artists that you're like, this is my guy. Yeah. Are we not talking about Dave Stewart anymore? <laughs> I think well, and like no disrespect to Peach Momoko or Rose Bash or any of those no, newer artists, but the, like the fact that they would even be part of a conversation oh, yeah. and they've only been doing this for like seven years or less mm-hmm. is like it's a great compliment. It's a great compliment. But the reason that some 
artists get popular for covers is they have a new style. It's a bit flash in the pan and just like it's it's a trendy like mm-hmm. artist coming in and they get hot for a few years and they fall off. Yep. Alex Ross is just known for creating these magnificent watercolor kind of very hyper realistic covers yep. that seem timeless even while they're coming out. Yes. And so that's why I think he's just achieved such relevance in this sure. ever-changing comic landscape. Who knew this intro was going to become such a celebration <laughs> of the man himself, Alex Ross? Happy birthday, Alex, if it's your birthday. <laughs> if not, we missed it. He may have come up because he did the A cover for our first book, Oof. Black Panther number one. It's a wraparound. Yes. It's beautiful. I mean, come on. When you're putting that much work and detail into the backside of a comic, mm-hmm. you're doing it right. You're just a fucking pro. So this newest volume of Black Panther is written by John Ridley. He is a celebrated writer, mm-hmm. wrote 12 Years a Slave, or at least the screenplay of it. Right. He's not to be fucked with. No, not in the writing world. <laughs> I always think it's fun when people like this um, jump into comics. I don't know that he's written many comics before, but it's really cool to see him come into this uh, realm. My yeah. general curiosity, or like the first thing I think of, is how is this person going to do writing a comic book? Are they going to seem and feel like a comic book writer out of the gates? It's its weird own medium. Mm-hmm. What's your first impression or take on that? Um, well, we went through this when Tanahasi Coates did the uh, Black Panther run that just right. ended and kind of re- uh, this book references Again, to that. Yeah, hugely celebrated novelist, um, has written tons of books that I'm mm-hmm. sure you've read or heard of. Yeah. So I was uh, I was on the fence about this because ta kind of stumbled with his initial Black Panther run, yeah. and I was like, I don't want to see that again with a newer screenwriter that has turned to comics. I mean... Uh, John Ridley has done some DC stuff. He did a book called The Alternate History yep. of DC Comics, which is really, really good. Um, I didn't know how that would transition into Black Panther. Um, for the most part, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It sounds like we're going to get some kind of espionage spy thriller yep. initially. Um, that's cool. There was uh, some stuff in there that I was kind of like taken aback by because, you know, we always forget that. T'Challa is a king mm-hmm. and like a, a singular ruler. Yep. And so when democracy is introduced to Wakanda, he kind of sees it as a stumbling block. Yeah. And it gets in, and getting in the way of getting things done, stuff done for Wakanda. Right. And, you know, he, he makes these comparisons of just like, you know, it goes a lot smoother when there's one person in charge and his sister's just like, you just described a dictator. <laughs> right, yeah. And he kind of shrugs. He's just like, hey. That's what it is. Is what it is. Right. Like, it gets done. Yep. And um, he he says this line where he's just like, dictators make no illusion of what they are. Yep. And when you get democracy, it turns friend into foe or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And I was just like, well, not wrong yeah, right. by any means, but yeah. I have yet to see like a friendly dictator. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Maybe it was yeah. like Santa Claus, right. perhaps. But uh-huh. I mean, I, can, I can't make that rationale in my head of just like, oh, a king is a good idea. Or, oh, a dictator is a good idea. Yeah. It just seems like it just goes, like absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep. 
I wonder if we're seeing that a little bit with T'Challa of just like, if I was in charge, it would be all fixed. And it's like, well, you're altruistic. Not everyone else is. We have to just kind of fix the system. So much of the themes in this book were just power and Mm -hmm. how you handle that and where your priorities lie. Right. He's expected to be a leader in this super team and has to step away to handle his business. He's supposed to be a leader in Wakanda and has to step away to handle his business. He's supposed to be a leader on an intergalactic scale. Mm -hmm. He's taken like, you know, with the whole Ta-Nehisi Coates run, has taken Wakanda into outer space. Yes. And he can't be there for that as well. And he finds himself wrapped up in these responsibilities that he had himself set in from decisions that he made as the leader or king from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to find all these like spies that he set up whose lives are now in danger and save them and pull them out. Um, so it's the, the leadership thing is certainly right. a thread throughout this and in multiple layers, which makes this immediately a complex, interesting story. Mm-hmm. I do think one thing that this book had that I was like, okay, John Ridley is probably a real head <laughs> and is like reading fucking comics, is that it did like immediately start with the Avengers and acknowledge uh, Black Panther's involvement and mm-hmm. the place he holds there. Right. And wrap a couple other continuity things uh-huh. into the book where I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, this guy gets it. Like, I felt super grounded right away. Mm-hmm. I knew where T'Challa was coming from and where he'd been and how he found himself in the immediate situation he's now. Right. And then we transitioned him into this small, like, Jason Bourne-style... Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. James ...action Bond. adventure thing, which was, like, very fucking cool. Right. And at the end, it teased where it's gonna go mm-hmm. with this really cool splash page where, like... I am ready. Mm-hmm. Like these three big bold words were like isolated out of these like three panels. Mm-hmm. And those three panels kind of showed you where the story was going to go. One of which was the, uh, I always say this wrong, the Dora Malay. D- uh, Dora Milaje. Milaje, fighting the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then one was Storm and some of Excalibur. Uh-huh. Coming to Wakanda and being like, who knows if they've got beef, if they're there to help or what. Right. And there was a third one that I'm not uh, that I'm kind of spacing on. To I think be it honest. was the Avengers. Was it the he Avengers? He was fighting Steve Rogers. So there was some comeuppance with the Avengers where they were having beef. Yeah. This this book was surprising to me because in the last episode, yeah, we had talked about that Hulk and Black Panther were coming out, and we were like, what's the most anticipated of these two? What's gonna be good? What's gonna be bad? Like, what's what's the what's the hot book gonna be? Yeah. And I had speculated that this book was gonna be the hotness because we had John Ridley coming in, and I kind of wanted him to press those buttons and to yeah. kind of push back a little bit. And to some extent, he is doing that. He's he's making T'Challa this person that is a very not the term I I don't want to use is bend not break. He's not bending. Mm-hmm. He's basically just like is you're doing it my way or we're not doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Which is why he walked out of the committee meetings. It's why he walked out on the Avengers. It's why he put those sleeper cells in every part of the country. He's like, yep. I know the best way to do this, and if you don't like it, get fucked. <laughs> I'm the king. I'm the king, and like <laughs> that's a that's a tough pill to swallow for a reader. Because as I'm reading it, I'm just like, you know, 
you were to talk this out a little bit more with somebody, you would realize there's a different way to do things. But like, yeah. this is a very much like Cold War aspect of thinking. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about the Russians sending KGB spies over to America. I mean, you know, America sent spies over there. Yeah, and it's like it's mirroring that part of our history where well, it's like it's like we've stopped doing it. It's like when <laughs> when countries send spies to other countries, uh-huh. like. It just feels like dirty pool. Like it just doesn't yeah. feel good. I just love the whole thing that he's got so much pride that he's like, "This was my problem that I've created." Yeah, and these people that I love are in danger. I've already lost someone I consider a brother. Right. Um. That I'm personally gonna fix this shit. Right. Like that's what. And I don't know if the storyline is like a a 25 issue thing or this is the first arc of mm-hmm. Black Panther but whatever it is I'm I'm into it. I really am too. Yeah. And I I don't think these 10 spies were given like a name or a code name or something. Well, we don't yeah, do we know for sure a number? Is He's, it 10? He said 10. Okay. Now, I don't know if that and is now one's dead. So now and, we have 9. And one is uh working with him right now. Yes. Yeah. And but the 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 Wakanda suits they transform into uh-huh. is like all black, but like a skull imprint on the outside. Very fucking cool. Fucking sick. The, it is the sickest looking the costume. costume design is sick. Yeah. It looks so awesome. So uh, visually, it's stunning. Yeah. And like story wise, it's there's definitely intrigue and like yep. like you said, like Jason Bourne, kind of like this noir like spy shit and. Uh, I'm into it. I mean, we've just seen Black Panther come back from space, so it's good yeah. to put him in these small personal stories, so I'm here for it. I'm interested to see if this is running parallel with the Avengers storyline or not. Like, I've I've said before mm-hmm. that I'm reading Avengers on Marvel Unlimited. Right. Because budgets, y'all. But they be crazy. <laughs> budgets I can't be crazy. buy everything. Uh, so I've got to wait, of like, six weeks, two months or whatever to read new Avengers books. Mm-hmm. And I I think it'd be really cool if this kind of tied in and uh, Black Panther was like, yo, I got to dip out and do my <laughs> own shit. And that was part of the continuity of the mainline Avengers thing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I think it kind of is. I know that Jason Aaron is about to kick off with Avengers 50. Like uh, Big landmark. And we're hitting seven fifty too, aren't we? Mm-hmm. But so I think they're doing like the next the, alternate maybe universe next week stuff. is yeah, seven hundred. I think totally is. I think or it totally I, is next as week. As this podcast comes out, it'll be today. Today, yeah. A little behind the scenes footage. There's a lot of variance with She Hulk, so I'm excited because I think it, I don't. Well, I don't know one if it's just because of the show, or two if it's because there's going to be some major comeuppance with She Hulk in this storyline. Um, I know that. The new She-Hulk series coming out in January. She's in her old form. Yes, she's not in Berserker mode anymore. Right. So does so she switch back. Something or... must happen because yeah. in this Black Panther book, we see a picture of She-Hulk with the rest of the Avengers. Yep. And she's still in her Berserker mode. Right. So I think something must happen. Right. And I mean, does this lead right into Hulk conversation? We talked about She-Hulk. Let's do it. Yeah. I can't. We're never going to hit a better transition than this, brother. Damn near perfect. It's like we planned it. <laughs> Donnie Cates mm-hmm. and Ryan Otley are taking over the Incredible Hulk. I mean, this team needs no intro. Nope. 
you know they're coming. This was a big to-do on free comic book day where we got kind of the prelim uh, starter story for this book. Yeah, did you notice that? None of the stuff we read in the free comic book day comic uh-huh. was in the comic book. No, it was all But it was referenced. Story. It was referenced, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, if you didn't read the free comic book day yep. book, you kind of got you know, screwed. Yep. I This book, I'm a fan. You are? I've traditionally been, and I thought I was like, I'm such an Al Ewing fan. Right. That when he switches over to Venom... Venom's going to be my new book. Right. And Hulk was my book for all, the entire Immortal Hulk. Run. Yeah, you're a self-proclaimed Immortal Hulk freak. Yeah. But this Immortal Hulk or sorry, new nope. Incredible Hulk book, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed more than the new Venom book. Now, talk me through that. What what triggered you that was just like this Hulk book is right up me alley. The premise of what if the Hulk was protecting us from Bruce Banner. Making Bruce Banner the villain? Genius. So cool. And it's true. I mean, there have been storylines throughout where people are like, you know what? Fuck Bruce. Uh-huh. Like, he's selfish. Mm-hmm. He's a maniac. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's a scientist and a genius. And those two things together usually spell out, like, airborne cancer or some weird shit, like robots yeah. that can only survive off of human flesh. Like, those people always push the boundaries, sometimes in good ways, uh, most of the time in bad ways. Totally. <laughs> and it's just like, that's Bruce Banner. And, like, without the Hulk fucking up his daily life, he yeah. would have more time to be in the lab creating terrible shit. Yes. Now, is this new Hulk a creation of his that's, like, the worst thing he's created so far? Potentially. So the more specific premise, beyond what we already discussed, is that within Hulk's mind palace mm-hmm. or mindscape, Bruce has managed to compartmentalize a few different aspects or a few different of the Hulk's personalities. So um, he's essentially, Bruce Banner has become the pilot of the Hulk. Yeah, think of the Hulk as like a Gundam or like Voltron. Yes, exactly right. And he's got this, the, the free comic book day book, if you missed it, is the Hulk breaking into an AIM headquarters yes. <laughs> and stealing a certain bit of technology. Mm-hmm. This unit that gets attached to his head right? that maybe helps Bruce Banner control and compartmentalize those different personality pieces. I would I would assume it's some kind of like brainwave controller right. that allows him to be in a constant Hulk form yep. but still have the brain of Bruce Banner with the ability to control the insides and outsides of the Hulk. Right. We're sort of like, imagine Professor Hulk, but he's taking advantage of and using the other personas of the other Hulks that we've seen. Right. So the... We only saw one, though, right? The Hulk we know and love best Yeah. is essentially the fuel for the whole thing. The Rage Hulk. Wherein his rage fuels the engine... And he can gear it up and down by controlling the, I guess, the... The aim tech that he hijacked. Yeah, the aim tech and then, like, putting different stressors, I guess, on this Hulk. Where it's, like, showing up as, like, armies or different emotional stressors that poke and prod at him that create more rage. Mm -hmm. And so he can dial it up or dial it down whenever he needs to use that. Right. Um, And... 
throughout this book, we've got his longtime love interest. And so I was surprised to see Betty as, or sorry, is it Betsy? Betsy. Betsy Ross? Betsy Ross. Thunderbolt Ross's daughter. Yeah. Um, That Betsy is someone he's hallucinating that is his kind of like moral compass. Right. So she's judging him and he's just like, get out of my head. Mm -hmm. And then she just like fades into nowhere and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. This is a scene taking place in a mindscape, not- not, Oh, he's totally lost. Yeah, he's like totally unhinged. Yeah. And that's my takeaway from this is that Bruce Banner is fucking unhinged. Yeah. And he's got a weapon at his disposal. Right. That we're really separating him from- the Hulk, mm-hmm. and saying, what if this deranged, self-absorbed sociopath mm-hmm. had wrecking ball monster power? Yeah. What would he do with it? And then the book snowballs from there. It, it's it's kind of like a weird adaptation for Marvel of The Shining taking place inside the Hulk's head. Like, Bruce Banner is the Jack Nicholson character, <laughs> just slowly losing his mind in his the, a labyrinth that he's built for himself. And, you know, I'm really enjoying it. I'm kind of watching with anticipation to see if we see that he has control over the other Hulk identities in his brain. And he can press buttons to enact Mr. Fix-It or the leader or anything like that. And yep. then uh, it makes the Hulk do something else crazy so mm-hmm. it, the possibilities are endless i'm glad that donny cates didn't just completely abandon everything that al ewing has done for the last four years with totally. immortal hulk like he's definitely building off of that yeah which is super smart because with the previews that we got before this book was released a lot of people were concerned they're just like well this is going back to just Hulk bullshit. Like this is mm-hmm. like smash and grab dumb comics and no it's bigger typical than that donny's sure. just like ah yeah. I tricked you. I have more plans. I fucking tricked you. If you know me, you know I have a plan. Yeah. It's very cool. He hijacks this like celestial oh, technology from, yes. at the end that like Tony's fucking with. Yeah. To make this like Iron Man Gundam. <laughs> right. So he's kind of jumped into some like nether region to hopefully like harness this insane celestial power. Yeah. Which like if you can imagine Probably not good for us if Bruce Banner gets a hold of this. So and, I, 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 I'm just loving the unhinged Bruce Banner side of this. Yeah, and like, so like when he jumps into the portal uh-huh. in the Iron Man Celestial, he's basically just like, Tony confronts him. He's like, listen, you can't go in there yep. because we don't know where you'll go. Yes. And Bruce is just like, good, because you guys don't want me here anyway. I'm yeah. like a liability. So just let me fucking go into this portal. And, you know, he goes in. It's kind of like the, uh, oh, what's the uh, Event Horizon moment. You're just uh-huh. like, you know, where we're going, we don't need eyes thing. It's just yes. like, I'm going to, if I ex- explode, I explode. If not, I had gained this ultimate power. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is like Bruce's self-importance saying, all I want is more, 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 more. Right. And then the other part of it is his altruism mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to destroy myself or take myself, remove myself so far from the situation that I can't hurt the people I love anymore. Yeah. Um, So more internal battle stuff with Bruce and his other personalities and whatever. Yeah. Um, And that's what makes Hulk stories great. You could say more of the 
same, but I think the situation and the way they presented that through line is so different that it's a perfect merriment of honoring what the whole story is at its core mm-hmm. and, you know, taking it to brave new horizons. <laughs> so I'm super excited for where this book will go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Everything that Donnie Cates has touched on Marvel yeah. has just exploded Yeah, in, a, in the best way possible. And so, I mean, jump on the book because you're going to go on a great ride. Sure. With his Venom stuff, with his uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider stuff, his Carnage stuff, like all of it has been phenomenal. Yep. Store stuff right now. There's always a big plan. Yeah. And so uh, get on the ground floor with this one because I'm, I'm thinking he's going to take it into some pretty bizarre places. Yeah. And with Ryan Otley, holy shit, the dude wrote uh, Drew Invincible for so many years. <laughs> oh, there's a scene wherein Iron Man has managed to like clench mm-hmm. the Hulk's fist into some sort of like trap or contraption. And to escape, the Hulk just overpowers his like body. Mm-hmm. To just rip his own arm off to get out of the thing. It is brutal. Because he's like, I'll fucking regrow an arm. I'm the Hulk. Right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm immortal, baby. And that scene was very cool. So Yeah, I think, you know, Ryan Otley's going to have open range to do more of those scenes because... Some great, like, dope-ass gore yeah. and stuff like that. And, like, yeah. when the blood is green, I think it's easier to get away with. Sure. And, like... If your mom or dad finds this comic, they're not going to be like, what the fuck is all this? He's like, mom, it's just green stuff. Uh-huh. It's not blood. Whereas the Joe Bennett stuff was like, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty cryptic, This dude. guy's demented. <laughs> For more than one reason, we found out. Oh, totally. I know. Well, I think that does it. I feel good about our conversations. Yep. We've had two banger Marvel first issues this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know which one I'm more excited for. I'll say Black Panther is a comic that I've always appreciated, yeah. but I've never been a mega stan right. of any particular run of it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of really feeling that first issue more than I might have felt this first Hulk issue. So I'm excited. I think I'm excited for both of them the same, but in different ways. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Hulk just go crazy and like just see some wild visuals. Yep. And for Black Panther, like I love the espionage angle of all this. Yep. It seems really awesome. Totally. So I'm I'm pumped. I think Marvel, you know, surprise, surprise, they got some hits. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll catch you next week. And if you can't get enough, join us on the Patreon right now. Bye. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.